pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Welcome to Season 7 of the Draft Rugby Show. That's right, boys. Our seventh season. This is Episode 1, where we discuss all things Super Rugby Pacific and Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. And we paid um, yet, Cargy? Say what? Are we getting paid yet? This is season seven. We are still not getting paid, no. Uh, or at least I'm not. I don't know. I mean, if you guys have been, I'd love to know. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a labour of love. But, uh, no, look, I'm joined by my co-hosts, uh, Nelson. He always can't wait to uh, wait for the gun. He's got to jump in. But I'm joined by my co-hosts, brothers Harry and Nelson Dale, who are both joining us as newly minted fathers who are getting heaps of sleep. They look really good, uh, look well-rested. Um, Harry, mate, you have the newest-born Wallaroo in the making, uh, Amelia. How how are you going and how excited are you for Super Rugby Pacific 2024 and your daughter? I mean, we all know where that kind of ranks. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a tough one to, to say what I'm more excited about, my four-week-old <laughs> daughter or another season of Super Rugby. I'm, I'm trying to put them both together and I've got Amelia going to Super Round in Melbourne for round two so then that way it can uh, I can write it off as just I'm excited for everything um big year ahead it's been a, a slow kind of warm-up to this season but it feels good to uh, have finally done some prep and understand what might be ahead of us so can we expect a like a Lion King pose holding Amelia up in some type of Waratahs thing just at the rugby up on the on the TV if we beat the Harry Crusaders got- yes yeah if we beat the Crusaders <laughs> down there 100 percent Harry can't lift his baby. His back's too sore. So you're not going to see it from him, mate. He's, he's not strong enough. Um, I've Very been good. practicing that, holding uh, Olive up nice and high. I've got a bit bigger guns than Harry, so I reckon I can do it in front of the crowd. Well, that's Very right. That's the, only, that's, the, that's the only thing you're going to hold up a high, mate. It's not going to be the trophy this year. I can tell you that much. But um, in terms of competition, though, uh, like everything between you two turns into a competition, Nelson um, made sure to have his daughter a few months ago before Harry had to get in first. Everything's a race in the Dale household. Um yeah, how how old is uh, is little Olivia now? Uh, mate, little Olive, she's uh, Olive. six months today. Six months today. So this shows six you months. what I'm doing for her half birthday. Uh, I'm sitting here talking to you mugs, talking to you mugs when I could be paddling her. No, very good. Okay, and um, apart from your your little Wallaroo in the making, um, well, actually, I was going to ask, what position is she going to play? Firstly, Ah, uh, mate, she's too pretty to be in the forwards. Um, I think she'll be a halfback fly after oh. or something like that. See, this is why I asked that question. I thought I was getting she's a flanker for sure, but uh, I have to say, mate, I'm I don't want her to get injured like me. So she, she's already got good ball skills, I reckon. So she's to the back. You she's already say, got a mohawk, so I feel like that puts her well. Like that kind of hairstyle is really good for the wing. She had a mullet for a few months too, so she's she's in the backs. How good, Dougie, I know big big news for us, babe, mate. But on the front for you, there's uh, mm-hmm. 134 podcasts today. You've drawn level with uh, Gethin Jenkins and James Slipper. Big day as well for yourself. It is huge. Um, you know, one one of these days, I I hope to catch up to you guys. I don't know how, um, but uh, with James Slipper, that's huge. One hundred thirty four. He's uh, how many more do you reckon he's got in him? Because I don't know how many more I've got in me in the uh, the, the, the podcast game. But it's a... Kagi. You actually remind me of an old James Slipper. You're just like an, an old James version Slipper. of him, so. He's got a couple of years in him, I reckon. He'll just keep going. All right. Well, look, I'll keep podcasting as long as Slipper keeps playing. So um, that's the that's the deal I make. But um, now how, how, where are you guys fitting in the the podcast scales? 
Uh, well, Nelson's up to 145. So he's closing in on Richie McCora at 148. And nice. I'm on 167, closing in on the, the top dog, Alan Wynn Jones. Getting very close now. Mm. And he is not he's caps. not playing anymore now. So he has finally stopped old Wynn Jones. So right, I just can... need to get one more than him. And then he can retire. It's an equivalent achievement, I would think. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, all right. Well, look, let's let's get into the pod for today. Uh, we're going to take a quick look back at the 2023 Super Rugby Pacific season, just a little bit of an uh, overview and how some of our predictions stood up for that season. And then we're going to rip into the 2024 season ahead. Um, we're going to do an Aussie conference preview and then a look at the Kiwi conference. Um, so let's let's start off with uh, how the table ended up in our predictions for the 2023 Super Rugby Pacific competition. <clears throat> so in terms of the, we, we broke it into tables, into it's a conferences rather, into the Aussie conference and the Kiwi conferences. Um, Nels, do you want to take us through the our predictions for the Aussie conference table? Yeah, we were all pretty confident uh, last year that the Tars would take out top spot, followed by the Brumbies. We all were agreed there. And then you two both said the Reds, the Drua, the Rebels, the Force, whereas I chucked the Drua in third, which I was correct there, which is good. Uh, I was the only one that had the kahunas to do it. And then Reds, Rebels, Force, uh, which was almost spot on, but the Force, I think, ended up hipping the, the Rebels. Very good. Uh, and Harry, what? so what about the New Zealand table? Uh, I think Nelson went the Blues because he's got no idea. I went the Crusaders because it's the obvious choice and you went the Chiefs for the win, which was brave. I like it. Uh, didn't pay off if, if the regular season it did, but obviously Crusaders won it in the grand final. Mm-hmm. Nelson's gone Blues, Crusaders, Hurricanes. He had Chiefs down in fourth despite their tabletop and performance. Highlanders and then Moana Pacifica. I had Crusaders, Blues, Chiefs in third, Hurricanes, Highlanders, Moana, and Kagi went rogue. You went Chiefs, Blues, Crusaders third, Moana Pacifica fourth, Highlanders fifth, and Hurricanes sixth. I I had the most correct. There you go. I might have to go back and listen to that. Why did I put Moana above... Tabatabanawa, mate. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's true. I was pretty excited <laughs> about Tabatabanawa. You, you didn't know he was going to be that good at Super Rugby. Oh, well, maybe I'll have to put the Highlanders. He's in the Highlanders now. I have to put him up uh, to second or third now this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So to clarify for everyone at home, the Australian order was the mm. Brumbies, the Waratahs, the Indrua, the Reds, the Force and the Rebels. And the Kiwi conference or Kiwi teams went in the regular season Chiefs Crusaders, but obviously that flipped in the grand final. Then the Blues, the Hurricanes, the Highlanders, and then Moana Pacifica only got one win, which I know Kagi's going to ask us about in a second. Indeed. Well, that's leading me straight to it. Thank you, Harry. This is some quality podcasting right here. Um, Who was Moana's sole victory against in 2023? I know the answer to this, so I, don't, I won't answer. I'll leave Nelson. I know the answer. Everyone would think it's an Aussie team. It's not an Aussie team. I'm correct, right? Uh, us. It, it was a it was a one you wouldn't expect. Uh, wasn't the stop, Highlanders? Stop doable. looking it up, Nelson. Man, I'm not even looking at that. I love how he said I know it, and then he's just blabbering on. I'm just. <laughs> I'm making, no, it's, I'm making sure in my head it's correct before I say it. It's the the Canes. Yeah. Wow, the Hurricanes. Did they beat the Hurricanes last year, Kagi? 
They did not. <laughs> is it the Landers? It's good to know how ironed on um, the, the jersey is onto your skin, Nelson, how you put it out of your memory, but, but they beat no, the Waratahs last year. They beat <laughs> the Waratahs in the last round, mate. The only <laughs> team head, like, that Moana beat in 2023 was I thought it was us. definitely someone else. Oh, that's no. good. That's good. I, I had I, I'm not gonna Crusaders. lie. I'd forgotten that as well before I looked it up. So um it's just it's clearly shows how uh how biased we are, but that's uh that's what it's like being a uh, an ironed on fan. So very good. Now look, let's have a quick look at some of the stats from the 2023 season. Um it's just interesting to kind of uh see where which players topped various tables and see what we could remember. So in quickly running through some of them, uh twenty twenty three Super Rugby Pacific, who do you think scored? Let's look at some player stats first. Who do you think scored the most tries? Can I can I just say for every attacking stat before you answer? Can I just say Mark Talaya? Doesn't matter what the stat is. Just, if you just say Mark Talaya is my answer for every single attacking stat, you, you're going to be correct in some of them. Um, <laughs> that's 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 for sure. Most but, tries, I'm going to go Mark Talaya. Nels, um, I want to say Tavatavanawa, but it's not him. So I'm going to go Wanga Nuku. Very good. Yes, Lester Fyanganuku on 13. Talaya uh, tied on 12 with Sean Stevenson and Cody Taylor, actually. So there you go. Sorry, how much for Fyanganuku? 13. 13 tries. Nice. Clear, clearly hit. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, all right. And then let's go uh, most, uh, well, actually, clean breaks. Mark Talaya. Talaya. Mark Talaya. 24. Yep. Well, the next one was Caleb Clark on 22. So the Blues had that down. Uh, defend, defenders beaten then. Mark Talaya. <laughs> By a long way. 102, yeah. Mark Talaya. The next was Tavatavanawa on 72. Yeah. Uh, carries. How many? Who had the most carries in Super Rugby Pacific 2023? I actually might go back to Lester Fangaranuku because I reckon he hunted for the ball everywhere. Nah. He was good for 20 carries a game, wasn't he? Shit team, great player. He was fifth. Actually, no, not him. I'm just going to say, I wanted to say Tavatavanawa, but they actually didn't give him the ball enough. But it has to be a shitter team, right? And they just got to just give it to him. So I'm going to say Tavatavanawa. Like, Harry Wilson or something like that. Yeah, ah, just give it to him. It was indeed Harry Wilson, 211 carries. Yeah. Chucked it up all day. So um, that was big from him. Uh, all right, metres. Who gained the most metres throughout Talaya. the season? Mark Talaya. <laughs> he was third. Ah, oh, come on. 1,330 metres, uh, but no, Jeez. Tom Wright from the Brumbies, 1,418 oh, metres. Oh, I did remember season. saying that, actually. So, Surprising. So there you go. Um, all right, and then since we've got the rest of the stats here, may as well go through them. Who won the most lineouts? Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I reckon I uh, Nick Frost. Oh, no. Nah. He was third. Mate, Second was... An ex Waratah, one of Harry's favorite locks from last year. Uh, Jeremy Williams. He was oh, second. Yes. He was first. I don't top guess. place, Jed Holloway in 78. Oh, Our boy. Nice. Very good. Um, okay, most offloads. Um, Mark. No, okay, it wasn't Mark. <laughs> uh, that, that, oh, Levi Moore? Aussie Conference. He was from the Aussie Conference. Who throws offloads? He was in one of your fantasy teams. So one of the top teams. Yep. So anyone? Um <laughs> Mateli, He was a winger. He was a winger in one of your fantasy teams. Tavis Avanawas. Oh, Namani Nawasi? 
Oh, no, Aussie conference. Jeez. Monty Iwani with 26. Oh, oh really? Geez. Yeah, there you go. Monty Iwani. That's a surprise. The next was Rayasi with 24 and then Roygaard on 22. So, wow. offloading King Moani, uh, Monty Iwani. Wow. Um, and then what do we got? Uh, tackles. Who made the most tackles? I reckon you guys get this. That's got to be a flanker. It is a flanker. Um, Desano. No, he didn't play half the year. He had the most average, I reckon, when he was playing. Most tackles. Uh, you said we'll get it. I would, I would have said Fraser McBride was probably my pick. He came in second with 218 tackles. Oh, I know who it is. Tom Christie. Hey, very good. 232 tackles. Very Crusaders good. blanket Tom Christie. Um, so that was pretty good. And then the last one we got here is points. Total points scored in a season. That one should be easy. Much allowed, huh? <laughs> uh, oh, it's going to yeah, be a Harry, you should get this. It's got to be Richie Mo. DMAC. Richie Mo was in, in a second and it was DMAC at number one. 191 points in the season. Richie Mo was 174. Right. Oh. And then the next person down was 122, 50-odd something points later. <laughs> when was the first Aussie? Uh, first Aussie, Lola Seo on 97. Jeez. He didn't even play half the season. He was coming off the, he was coming off the yeah, field all the time <laughs> for Deb. Is that uh, right? Is it really him? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, sorry. No, no, I do take that back. It was Reese Hodge, 119. I take it back. Yeah, okay. In it, in it four. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, that's all good. Um, now, look, let's let's do the team stats as well. Let's quickly, as we're looking at 2023, um, let's get through these. All right, um, which team scored the most tries? Which team? Chiefs. No, it has to be... The Chiefs kicked a fair bit. Uh, this is why it's interesting. You think it's, you know, certain teams, but... It could be the Blues, yeah. considering the amount of line breaks that Caleb Glark and Mark Talea made. Nah, someone has been listening to some of this stuff. I'm going to go with Blues. Nels? Mark Talaya. <laughs> the Crusaders with 81 tries. That was a low hanging fruit. I thought it was. Interestingly, a... followed by the Hurricanes, then the Brumbies, then the Chiefs. Harry... I was actually going to say that, and Harry convinced me with Mark Talaya. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so an Aussie team up there in third, the Brumbies. Who says the Brumbies don't score tries? Um, so there you go. Uh, clean breaks. You will have that one already. Blues. The Blues, 126. Uh, let's go with um, most defenders beaten. Moana Pacifica. Not so Moana's not a bad shout, but uh, no, the Chiefs. Yeah. 483. Moana, they had the top two. Yeah, the they problem was they had second and third, and third, then no yeah. one else. Yeah, yeah. Moana yeah. was in at fifth with 403. Um, that was guys. only Levi and Moana. Yeah, which was 200 was each from both of those two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, most clean breaks. Oh, wait, we've done that. Sorry. Most, uh, what have we done? We've done clean breaks, defenders beaten, uh, meters gained. Um, that's I want it to be someone different. That's I want a, it to be someone different. One. Let's say the who runs all the time for no reason. I feel like the Waratahs oh, still like to do that. <laughs> the, Waratahs were 11 out of tw- the Waratahs were 11th out of 12. Yeah, we didn't have possession. <laughs> right, draw. I'm going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. The draw of fourth with 7,600. The Chiefs, the Chefs were second with 8,043 metres made, and the Blues topped it with 8,500 metres. Mm. So, 
<laughs> Can we call this um, the Mark Talia podcast? It, it, basically. I mean, last year's preview pod was the Peter Lackey podcast. Uh, we it just... was wrong. <laughs> but um, uh, all right. Carries? Most carries in a season. No, which was... team? Nels? Uh, that's a good shout. Chiefs. Blues were third with 2,100 carries. Crusaders were top 2,200 carries. And the Chefs in its second 2,120 so, carries. I'm wrong. I'm more right than Harry. That's all good. <laughs> that's all the batters, isn't it? Um, all right. Line out, line out win percentage. Which team won? This is an interesting one. Which team won the most line outs? Had the most accurate line out? Uh, yeah. Fijian draw. Yeah, Fijian draw. That's good. I'm glad that you guys said that. Fiji Drua came in at 12th with 79.1%. Oh, I, I thought they nailed it. I thought like, they were doing really well. I remember we <laughs> podcasted about that. Yeah. Yeah, this is why I wanted to do this. It's great. Um, no, the the Western... Well, interestingly, before I get to this... No, okay, the Western nah. Force came in at number one with 88 Check your stats. Man. Check your stats. Check your stats, champ. This is the Super <laughs> Rugby Pacific website. Um, yeah, don't trust them. The Chiefs came in 11th with 83.1%. Uh, this is BS, mate. Mate. The table's upside down. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Who knows? Um, all right. And and the, Rebels, the Rebels had Ulysses throwing lineouts. Like a good chunk of the year. They came last. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, which team, which Super Rugby team threw the most offloads in Super Rugby Pacific 2023? Uh, surely it's the Ndrua. Mate, that, that is their game plan. They're Fijian. Mate, the... The top player was, remember, he was Monte Iwani, the most offload thrown. Hurricanes. Yeah. He knows Fijian people, so that's why. It, it is, in fact, the Hurricanes, Harry. Well done. Uh, they yep. love to throw an offload, 172. And the Rebels came in second, 155. And Moana slash Amua Tabatabanawai came in at third with 150. So. <laughs> two more. Um, two more categories. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then lastly, uh, actually, no, there's a few more, but let's go with um, tackle percentage. Who had the great, the highest tackle percentage of all the Super Rugby teams? Crusaders. No. Yes. No. Mate, it's just Tom Christian made all the tackles. tackles. I reckon they were inaccurate, made cover tackles really well. Chiefs. The Chefs were at 89.5% topping the table. Yep, very good. Uh, bottom of the table was the Rebels at 82.9%. Um, and the Tars, surprisingly, were in at third with 86.2%, matching, equaling the Crusaders. So there you go. Yeah, but the Tars just let them go. They didn't actually put a hand on them. Didn't want to let the fantasy stats. We came sixth, Harry. That's good. Since we're on these, again, these are interesting. Okay, uh, scrums. Um, who had won the highest percentage of scrums? Oh, this, this, this stat is the biggest BS stat going around. It's never <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, every team's at 100% for the websites I've looked at. So I'm going to say the Chiefs always seem to have a much higher scrum percentage. Just because I don't fully believe it. The Chiefs were in its second with 87%, and the Hurricanes were number one with 89%. And the Tars in at third with 86 Come on, the Tars. Um, Come on. Come well, the on, Tars mate. are really good, were they? I didn't think they were. Well, they Apparently they were. <laughs> mate, HJ, we didn't have Bell for most of the year. Yeah, that's true. We did not have Bell. And we don't have locks. So that is Tom, not correct. We have Tom Lambert, young gun. Same age as Bell. Lambo, the Lamborghini. Exactly. Um, all right. And look, the last stat we're going to look at is um, yellow cards. Throughout Super Rugby Pacific 2023 season, who got the most yellow cards? Moana. Darcy Swain. No, he didn't play much. He didn't play much. No, no. Let me, let me think again. Uh, <laughs> the Crusaders. The Crusaders actually were equal 10th. Well, like... 
the, there's three teams equal 10 uh, with only five yellow cards the whole season. Equal last. But number one was the Chefs, the Chiefs with 13. And Ooh. then tied second was the Blues and Moana with 10 yellow cards throughout the season. Oh, I knew Moana up there. They did good at something. <laughs> That's it. They, they got near the top of some tables. Um, but yeah, um, cool. All right. So that was, it was interesting because it's not necessarily always what you thought, you know, just uh, looking back. Um, so we, we got caught out on a few of those there. But let's, um, let's now, should we just jump straight into the 2020? Actually, before we do that, sorry, we do have one last thing to look at our predictions from last year. Uh, I was going to say, let's yeah. do this next time. Let's do this in the next pod. Next pod? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, I see a note being typed in. Get as into the, let's get into the meat and three veg card. You can. This is what they're all here for. You came to Super Rugby Pacific 2024. Let's get into the main team, I reckon. The main team. Who's the main team, Nelson? All right, look, let's, let's start off by looking at the Aussie Conference. Let's go through the – let's preview the exactly. Aussie Conference teams. Um, we're going to take a look at the big players out in each club, the new players in, what we think the best starting 15 is, uh, any injury news that we found – some new hot shit, who's going to have a breakout season and any development from last year and our kind of predicted rank for them in the conference. So without further ado, Harry, would you take us away with the most important team in the Super Rugby Pacific competition, the Waratahs? Absolutely. Um, So first of all, the ins and outs list for the Waratahs is gigantic. Um, really scary that it looks like the entire team, the entire squad is new. But to highlight the uh, the more important players or probably the, the players that were probably the most important on this side, they've lost Tolu Latu for some depth of hooker. Teleni Seal, who was an absolute revelation for the Tars and all-round good bloke by all accounts um, when we chatted to him in the stands. Will Harris, who's gone to the Western Force, probably a straight swap for Ned Slack-Smith over there. Mikey Hooper, who's trying to play in the sevens and also is now a uh, full-time Stan Sport commentator. I think he took Drew Mitchell's job. Um, Ben Johnson has headed over to the Western Force. Namani Nandolo has retired. And Kirtley Beale is still listed as suspended. His case has now started for the... uh, the sexual assault that he's been, uh, I, I guess, charged with, or not charged with, he's been allegedly allegedly um, defending now. So the players in to replace those guys, they've got Tom Ross in, the tight head from the Brumbies, now 25 years old. He's got 30 caps for the Brums. Uh, they've got Hayden Thompson-Stringer, the 28-year-old loose head prop uh, from Bedford Blues. They've got Miles Amatacero, the 21-year-old yep. lock, 230-centimetre lock, um, coming across from Clermont. He will be re- replacing, I would think, Teleni Seal. Uh, Fergus Lee Warner, the 29-year-old who was playing at the fourth, then Bath and the Worcester Warriors, which uh, before they, I think he was with them when they went under. Mm. Um, they have Mesu Kunavalu, uh, sorry, Kunavula, but he's uh, he's done his knee, so he'll be gone for the entire season. He was one of the exciting Fijian Sevens players um, from uh, the 2018 com, com games, so disappointing that we won't actually get to see him play. I mentioned Ned Slack <coughs> already, the 20-year-old who's come through the Tars development side into the force and now come back to join the Tars. Uh, Vuate Karawalevu, Karav- Karav- um, 
who is playing for the Roosters and the Fiji Bati in the International Rugby League. He said he's very excited to come back to the game he grew up in. And Tristan, hey, Rizzi, yeah. who's gone from the Tars to the Tigers to the Tatars again. Karawalivu uh, had some big raps on him before he went to the Roosters as well. Uh, he's, he's an exciting one. He's got lots of potential. Yep. Big turnover is the, the biggest takeaway from me here. Big, big turnover. Um, but at least they're, they're doing their best to uh, to cover a lot of the holes there with the new recruits in. I've got for their best 15, Bell, Parecki, Harry Johnson-Holmes, yep, Fergus no Lee Warner and Jed Holloway at lock. That, uh, then I've got Swinton, Gamble and Hannigan as their 6, 7, 8. Jake Gordon and Tane Edmed at 9 and 10. Lalakai, Fakedi, Isaiah Parisi in the centres. And then I've got Peach, Nwanganitawasi, and up the back I've got Jorgo Jorgensen at fullback. Um, with the bench, they've got on the loose head side either Lambert or Thompson Stringer. I suspect because of his age, Thompson Stringer might get more minutes, but I, I really like the look of Lambert last year. Mm. Violano at hooker, Tom Ross or Holtz at tight head. Again, that'll be a good battle on the tight head side. Then I've got Amadocero and Gleason for the impact off the bench. Wilson and Bowen to start at the reserve nine and ten specialist position, and then one oh two Pilotu or Walton uh, rounding out that bench. Obviously, the uh, the one caveat for me as a big Will Harrison fan is once he's finally back fit and firing, I expect him somewhere in that twenty three as well. What do you think? Gleason's year. Gleason's I was about to say. Uh, Nelson and I are both sitting there desperately trying to hold our tongues, mate. Did I'm trying to recover from Gleason's the fact that you put again at number eight? You know no, why I didn't pick Gleason at number eight? Because they said he still has never played an 80 minute game of professional footy, so he's mate, not, gotta, he's play, just not starting every week. And you got to play your, you got to play your 80 minutes sometime, mate. Like everyone's got a first 80 minutes, and it's him this year, and he's going to do it lots. Do you know why he doesn't play 80 minutes? He's because he's too busy he's absolutely brainer. destroying the other team and sending them off in the uh, in bloody stretches that they're like, no, all right. They, uh, they, Goldman actually said on pick and drive was because he's not a good trainer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I won't have that. Mate, I, remember su- I remember Super Round last year watching him absolutely destroy every other team. And it was like, right. he's yeah. a yeah. best. I've never I, seen I, him I, like, right. best more. I, I like now, the Mark- excitement of Gleason, and uh, but I, I think Hannigan playing well as well is a very good player. So they've got that is one of those positions around that four to eight position for the Tars where they've just got a lot of classy loose forwards that uh, could have a real impact. I'll give you my shout, Harry. I reckon Gleason starts at eight, and then they've got if he if he needs to move, they've got likes of Gamble and stuff that can shift across to eight. Gamble will be that Pete Samu role who will cover. You know, the back row, he'll start at that seven. But if, if Gleason needs to come off, Gamble shift eight. I'm, I'm going to echo Nelson there with that. Gleason starting at eight. Um, I think it won't be too long till Amatisero is starting in the in the row. Three, two. Um, and also I, and specifically I, said it's going to take him a long time for Amatisero to get up to game speed. Well, uh, right. I'll, I'll go have a word with him, mate. Get him on there. I want to see. Yeah, so I think you guys though. are a bit delusional here that uh, mate, picking the players you like and I, saying they're going to be ready nah. to start. Mate, also- Amatisero... Mm-hmm. He talked about getting up to speed with the fast game, but they didn't. It, that doesn't mean he's not going to be playing. I reckon you, you give him I by mid season and the bloke's I starting. on the bench, man. He's playing. By mid season, the bloke's starting. He is literally an enormous human being, and he is a, really a physical position we do not have. There is no one else in our team his size, and it's a role we really, really want. I reckon yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be a tight headlock. You agree? Yes. So he's going to be competing with. Uh, with Jed Holloway, that uh, could be a uh, perfect loose headlock, exactly. 
Hold on, wait, more below. You said lock than a tight head lock. A hundred percent. But I specifically said that they love what Jed Holloway offers a tight head lock because he offers so much in the scrum. He does offer so much in the scrum. He's also a lot more mobile than a lot of tight head locks. He's a perfect, perfect four, mate. I, th- I think we can definitely say that Jed Holloway, despite having played some six for the Wallabies and things like that, is 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 definitely going to be playing lock this year. I think it'll be interesting to see. Will we see Fergus Lee Warner in the six jersey at all, sharing some time with Swinton no. or something like that as well? You don't no, think so? Again, I would implore you to go and look at the other podcasts out there because I was to talked it. about the locks that they uh, that Coleman sees in the lock rotation, and Fergus Lee Warner is one of them. So he you know, it's possible that. that he does have time there if there's a whole raft of injuries, but I think you're going to see him playing lock consistently. We, I agree that that's that's the intent, and but I mean one of one of the issues is. We've we've heard this stuff said many a times, and people end up in completely different positions, including at the Tars in the last couple of years. Gamble so, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, injuries, guys, coming back for trial two. They should have Peach coming back from a calf injury, Violanu back from a knee injury, and Tommy Lambert back from a knee injury. Although Lambert may end up being pushed back a little further. Then in trial three, they have Fergus Lee Warner playing his first game, hopefully from an ankle. Max Jorgo coming back from an ankle injury, hopefully as well. And Jack Grant will hopefully get his few first uh, few minutes this year for the Tars coming back from a calf injury. So obviously there's some uh, there's some players there that should be around the starting 15 that'll not be at full, full fitness, you would think, coming into the season. Then you've got Ned Hannigan is aiming to be fit for round one. So Gleason to start round one. I feel like that's a pretty good shout for me, boys. Archer Holtz for round two with a shoulder injury. Tom Ross at least round two with a calf injury. Um, Will Harrison, they're saying round three, but they've also said they expect him to go back through club rugby somewhere between rounds two to five to get some minutes and get confident. So I think it's more likely he plays... Uh, elsewhere if he can get game time for a few weeks before we see him. And then I've mentioned Mesu Kunavalu, Kun- Kunavula, uh, who's gone for the season with a knee injury. My my big takeaway there, guys, is that they're already talking about uh, Lambert and Ross and I think Holtz as well all being injured at the start of the season. So we've brought in these new props. We have all this depth, but the first few weeks we've got to get through before we're back to 100 and then hopefully they can all stay fit and fire uh, and firing because uh, I, th- I thought that was a real area of strength for us. That's looking a little shaky straight away. I want to say two things. First of all, I love the TARS when they, they do the injury, injury list. They they name their side and give the specific dates that they reckon players are coming back, which matches they're coming back. I wish every single team did that. Second of all, Ned Hannigan, as you said, you know, maybe he doesn't start round one. Round one, Swinton gets a red card out for most of the season. Then he shifts across... It's possible. It's, it's possible. Likely. Likely. Yeah. So perfect. Perfect timing for him to return. Yeah. Guys, new hot shit. I have listed Miles Amadocero, 21 yes, years old, 203 centimeters, 125 kilos. I've got high, high hopes for him. I'm just cautioning everyone at home that I think it might take him a season or two to get to the damaging player that we really, really want to see. So I hope you're right. I hope by mid-season he's just carving up and they they have no choice but to start him. But I I suspect it's going to take him a little bit a little while because uh, yeah. Darren Coleman specifically said that. So if Coleman still has a job after round four, then I think it'll take him a while. If he doesn't, the new coach might rocket him in round yeah, four. Let's let's not forget about Skelton at that size and this age as well. It took him a fair bit longer to actually be a 
a, a big impact at the Tars. But one of the things, uh, Coleman, I really is a is a coach that wants to quell the excitement, not, not you know put too much heat on these young players. Uh, so he, he talks about you know easing them in things like that. But I would take a little bit with a grain of salt if he's playing well. And I'm here to tell you to throw caution to the wind, ignore what Harry <laughs> Nelson have just said. Amatisero's coming. It's going to be massive in this year. Round three, he's going to be carving up. All right? Let's do it. You just said what I said, but less poetically. Okay. Guys, the other new one that I have is Ned Slacksmith. Um, obviously played some minutes for the force. He came through the gym exactly. um, mm. in New South Wales. And then, you know, when we did the interview uh, last year with the Western Force, they were saying he was a potential future captain for them. He was an Australian under-20s captain. He's an absolute weapon. He can he play is a weapon. the back row. He's 188 centimetres tall, 108 kilos. So he's not a giant man, but I think he's probably seen as like a six or seven, um, probably, I would think, in super rugby level. I think I think he can play eight as well, but I just suspect he might not be um, tall enough. But, you know, you gonna, know I guess he, he, he's going to be growing to do. Pete Samu, future Pete Samu, let's just say that. He's got a bit growing to do, I reckon. Like, he's, he's still quite young, but I'm surprised that he's only 188. He seems he seems bigger than that to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's three centimetres taller than Pete Sami. There you go. So he's he's definitely <laughs> still back, the, back, the back row. Yeah, no, he's good. He's It's it's great to have a player like that comes through that has been a leader through his entire rugby career, you know, up to captaining Aussie under-20s, um, and there's big raps on him. So yeah. exciting stuff to see. Um, breakout seasons for this year, I've named Will Harrison. I think I've done that every year since he started. Um, Kane Edmund, obviously, the first choice, tend to start the year and we'll get first crack. Um, so I guess it's his jersey to lose. But I just think if Will Harrison does get minutes at 10, and he's he's been pretty open about the fact that he wants to play 10, not 15, um, then I think if he gets the opportunity, he'll have a real crack at it. I think it'll take a Tane Edmund injury, to be honest, mid-season for him to get a go, but he might not uh, might not ever give the jersey back if he gets it. My only worry is that if Jorgo has been rotated around a little bit to rest, then he might end up back at 15 as well, just out of necessity. He's uh, a huge ceiling, then, but he's a 10. Get, get yeah, absolutely is, yes, absolutely is. Yes. Uh, and then Mazesi Tukolotu as well. I think he really announced himself last year when he got an opportunity. He almost went to Scotland and then decided to cha- to stay and develop with the Tars, which is a big win for the Tars. He's one injury away. I think Parisi or Fichetti, if either of them go down, he's a guy that could have a, a really big season for the Waratahs. Uh, obviously going to be challenged by Walton for a little bit of game time, but I just think he's got that X factor that maybe the, the Tars will look for if the uh, if the chance comes up. Yeah, real Good physical job. player. I'm a big fan of Walton as well, but they're very different style centers. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, guys, in terms of prediction for me, I, I think the big difference from last year was that, you know, we, I think we suffered a fair bit last year for losing Harry Johnson, Holmes and Bell for parts of the season or Bell for pretty much all the season. I think we'll fix that with the amount of depth we have across the front row now. It's it's an excellent propping stocks. And I think uh, our two top hookers are very good as well. I think I'm really excited to see Gamble starting at seven. I think he was so good two years ago. And then obviously Hooper, rightly so, probably got his jersey back last year. But I don't think Hooper had the best season for the Waratahs. So I think there's a potential win there if Gamble can get back to that form that we saw two seasons ago. Um, my concern is still the 10 jersey. I'm not sure that Tane Edbed has really cemented himself as a, a top level, you know, a top four team fly half for Super Rugby just yet. So I think that uh, the battle between him, Harrison, or even Jack Bowen to really announce themselves, if someone there can grab the jersey, I think that'll go a long way to them having a really good year. Um, and in conclusion, despite all the positives, I'm picking the, the Waratahs to drop from sixth 
to eighth this year. I think they've just got too many hard teams in their home games. They struggle a little bit more when they're away from home. And uh, my closing thoughts are please don't sack Coleman after four rounds when they haven't beaten the best teams in the comp. Just let him have another year and make a decision at the end of the season. Agree. But I think one of the worries for them is, you know, they're they're talking about bringing in some Aussie coaches into the Wallabies uh, fold as well as assistants. So they're probably looking at names going, if we don't pick them now, we may miss out on them because they may end up being in, you know, the, the Wallabies role. So I think that's why there's a bit of pressure to make a decision early on in the year, but I think it's too quick to make it in the first four rounds. Yep, fair. I think this is the least optimistic uh, preview Harry's ever given for the uh, the Waratahs in terms of oh, dropping them down on the table. It's so, unfair, because he doesn't know what he's talking about. So. You've had a trial that you become more of a realist. To be honest, I'm worried about the depth in the back, because that's my biggest worry. Yep. All right, fair. Well, uh, I mean, we could just end the podcast because we've talked about all the teams we need to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, no. uh, Nelson, do you want to take us through the Reds in 2024? Yeah, lots of outs. Main ones, Harry Hooper, Taniela Tupo, Dane Zander. That, that hurts your, your propping stocks. Filippo Dungunu going across to the Rebels. And obviously, we've got no Brad Thorne. Luke Jones, you can throw in there. But, I mean, we didn't get to see him when he came across. Lepetti Falfua had a little bit of a, a run for them as well. But the big ins, uh, I mean, very different than, than their outs. I guess they do have props. They've got Massimo De Lutis, under 20s. He, he's got a big future, I think, but it's a bit too soon um, for, for him. But we've got Alex Hodgman coming from the way on that. I don't think we'll be seeing any of him this year. <laughs> Massimo De Lutis is very good, but I said he's a bit. it's a bit too soon for him. Um but he is very, very good if you watch any of the under-20s, and he's got very, very big, uh, you know, wraps on him. But we've got Alex Hodgman from the Blues and Jeff Tamanga Allen uh, from uh, – he used to be at the Canes uh, and played at All-Star as well. So uh, All-Star. So he's an interesting one. Um, so there's a bit of experience coming in. But, yeah, Deludis down the track somewhere. We've also got Harry McLaughlin Phillips. He's very, very exciting from the under-20s, but lots of – Competition in that 10 jersey. He can play, you know, a little bit out wider at fullback as well. But a few injuries are going to have to happen or he's going to have to have a breakout season. Joe Bryle coming across from Canterbury. If you're an Aussie that's gone across to Canterbury and Crusaders, generally when you come back, you kill it. That's Pete Samu. That's Nick Frost. So excited to see him if he gets a bit of a run. And the biggest one for me, Les Kiss. How good. Les Kiss is a, is a big name coming across for the Reds and, and really should push them to the next level uh, in his coaching role. Um, anything you guys wanted to add on that? A few other names out there? No, it's good to see, obviously, you know, like one or two big losses, but it's good to see comparative to a lot of other teams, not much change. They've got a pretty, they've had this young squad they've been building for a few years. And so they've kind of uh, not too much rotation, which is good to see. I just think that they were really short on prop depth last year and they just relied completely on Taniella Tupo. So in both Hodgman and Jeff Tumunger Allen, I think is two exceptional pickups. Yeah, you, you heard this, Harry. I think it was in the Pick and Drive podcast. I think Taniela Tupo had the most minutes played in Super Rugby across like the last three years or something along those lines. Yeah, massive. Which is just insane when you look at the man. Like, absolutely insane. But it's because they, you know. Was, yeah, I think he was second or something. By insane, do you mean fantastic? Because I want him playing every minute of the Fantastic, day. but he also breaks down. So, um, mm. you know, they, they've got some good experience there now, which is good. Sucks to lose Tupo, but yeah. Um, the starting 15. Hodgman, uh, Fesla, and Nongo up as the, the front row starting. 
I've got Blythe and Smith in the locks, but there's going to be lots of rotation with Uru probably filling, you know, a bit of a role for the locks and Connor Vest. Uh, in the back row, this is too hard to go past. you got Wright, Mick Wright and Wilson. Geez, that is a good back row and good to see Wright back uninjured and uh, hopefully we see a lot from him this year and he might push back for the and, Wallabies. And co-captain co again. And co-captain again. In the halves, no doubt we've got Tate McDermott at nine. Three-way battle for the number 10 jersey. I want to see Liner there. Uh, get a good chance. He's he's a bit injured at the moment, and Crichton got the first crack on the weekend. But McLaughlin Phillip is another name who, you know, could find himself in there at parts throughout the year. No James, no James O'Connor in your eyes, despite the Reds saying it's a four-way battle. You just you yeah, just he's a 12. Out, gone. Yeah, I, I think he's a twelve. But I, I think they need to be building for the future, and I don't think it's having James O'Connor at, at ten for me. He played a lot of twelve last year with Liner there. In, in that ten jersey, and they've got you know cried in the My son was injured, wasn't he last year? What didn't they? Didn't they? Wasn't that injury? At parts. In yeah, at parts. Like uh, realistically, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see James O'Connor in a twenty-two jersey. Sometimes getting a start at ten, sometimes getting a, a role at twelve as well. Um, I I I don't think he is your bolt on number ten, but he'll you'll have time there for me. Um. That that raises the question for the centres. That's tough. Do we see Jock Paisami, 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 Fluke, Henry Paisami? If they go for a young ten, you know, having someone like a Jock Paisami would be a, a really good combination with a, a young ten there because you've got that experience outside him. Um, but if they do end up slotting him into that ten jersey, I, I reckon you probably see a Paisami Fluke. Um, Fluke is a big name for them moving forward. I reckon so. He's been getting lots of game time covering the centres and wings. Um, but also, I've really liked Henry, Isaac Henry, in the past. So if he remains uninjured, he, he could put his name into that battle as well. Yeah, he, he's uh, great as a second playmaker, Isaac Henry. He's been really good. He is very good. I'm a big fan of him. It's, he's had a few tough years with injury. Uh, yeah. Back three, Vunavalu, Campbell, Pattaya. That's the back three for me. Pattaya had a crack at fullback. and Well, they shared minutes, really, him and Campbell on the weekend. Pattaya did a, a beautiful... 50-22, really, from his own 22, basically. Looked good, made a few mistakes, though. Uh, Campbell's your safe option, so it really just depends, you know, what what sort of uh, blend of, of backs you want. Who do you want? You're steering the ship in at 15, but they'll both get a bit of a crack through the year, I reckon. Hmm. Yep. Um, I, just, uh, I, I would just caution you, 10. I just reckon that the, they're doing this for seven seasons now. I reckon the more we, we try and pick the young guys to go on through, the less it happens. I reckon it'll end up jock, Paisami, Fluke, and they'll stick with as consistent a team as they possibly can, and uh, and they'll just keep building slowly the young guys. They're all very young, those other young 10s. I don't think you're going to see them rush through into being starters straight away. Yeah, I, I think that's why you see a bit of rotation in that 10 jersey, and that's why it's a bit tough. But, I mean, starting you rotate year, a 10, mate. You can't rotate a 10. Mate, so they started the year with liner at 10. They started the year last year with Liner at 10. They finished the year with Liner at 10. Injuries. He played uh, pretty much the, the majority of the season um, at that 10 jersey, and they, they slot O'Connor in for a little little bits of periods, and then he shifted back to the 12. It could easily go either way. It just depends. We've got a new coach. Um, what does he want to do? Like he, He's already talked up Crichton a lot as well, saying he's um, he's a little bit older as well, Crichton. Yeah. Physical, got a great boot on him. He's another guy that could be you know in there. So it's a bit tough. Yeah. Um, so uh, on the bench, I've got Asiata as hooker. 
then either Penny Ravi or Fungasi at uh, loose head, even though Ravi, he can cover both sides. But Tumonga Allen at tight head prop on the bench. Um, then I reckon you've got Vest and Uru on the bench. Uru can cover back row as well as um, locks, so it gives you a bit of versatility. Um, then Kalani Thomas at the nine jersey. Probably um, Crichton. If we're not seeing James O'Connor in the starting side, it'll be James O'Connor potentially in, you know, in that 22 jersey and then maybe a fluke in the 23. But again, so many questions in this back line. Fluke could start. Jock could start. We might see a Greeley or a, an Annan or someone on the on the, the bench there. So I think this is really quite hard to pick there. Audrey's the other one. Audrey, uh, they started him on the wing in the top, what look like their top side. And the start of the trial yesterday, and you report yep. as well. Yeah, yep. Floyd Aubrey. Um, for the new hot shit, there's a couple here. You guys poo pooed him straight away. Mossimo de Lutus, for this one, because you don't know what you're talking about. Tight head prop, uh, 188 centimeters, 124. Very young. Uh, so, yeah, they've got experience there now, but an injury or two, and you'll see him coming off the bench, I reckon. Uh, I was, I was calling for him to start immediately. I thought Kagi was going to be on the bandwagon that hard. I wasn't poo pooing him. Rubbish, mate. <laughs> Rubbish. Um, stand He's out excited. to the twenties. He um he was leading uh, the 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 Aussies were leading Ireland ten eight, and then when he left the scrum, absolutely fell apart, and they lost ten thirty. So I mean, very strong in a set piece at that that bracket. Um, but yeah, still still very raw. Joe Bryle, twenty two year old, number eight, one ninety five centimeters, one hundred and twelve kilograms. He's the son of uh. Michael, who was a hardman for for the Wallabies, real physical player. Uh, yeah, Joe played Aussie schoolboys who beat New Zealand, then went across to New Zealand in the uh, Crusaders Academy for two years and played New Zealand under 20s in 2022. Um, so he's he's a big boy. He's the the mould and size of, you know, Harry Wilson. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets a, a bit of a run for them. Um, but lots of competition. Harry McLaughlin Phillip. This guy's an absolute freak. I don't know if you watched the trial. He's 19 years old. He was just stepping blokes in the middle of the field as soon as he came on. He is exciting. Uh, he's a fly half mainly, but could play fullback. Uh, he started, you know, the back end of last year against the Wild Knights. Absolutely set the Hospital Cup alight um, in 2023 for Souths. Quick off the mark, really good skills. Um, he's, he's a complete package, but yeah, just so much competition in that that jersey. And then two I left out were Taj Anan and Floyd Aubrey, both 20-year-olds, both, if they get given the chance, could hold down jerseys because uh, they're very, very good young players. But this is the Reds, mate. Like, they tend to have so many really good young players coming through. So it'll be interesting to see who stamps the, their name on the yeah, starting they, jerseys. Breakout they're, coming, season. they're coming to a really good place, aren't they, the Reds? Yeah. I've been building. Yeah, I, I think Les Kiss is the man to take them to that next level. So... Um, I don't, I don't know if they are. I think they will, but I think that the, our criticism last year was they lost so much of their senior talent right when they would have had that really nice mix of senior yeah. and junior talent, whereas now I think they look a bit fresh-faced again. Like their, their pack maybe not so much. Their pack looks a little bit more resilient and tried and tested, but their, their, um, their back line still looks very young. No, I'm with you. When I say they're coming to a good place, I think they're they're not there yet, but they're, oh, right. they're soon to be. Four more years. Four more years. So <laughs> breakout seasons, if you can nail down that starting jersey, Tom Liner, um, hotly contested position. We're going to keep touching on that. Mac mm-hmm. Greeley, an injury to the outside backs, especially, you know, someone filling that outside, you know, the fullback role or even the wing. We might see this electric live wire get a chance. 
He is absolutely electric. I really want to see more of him. He's been there for a few years and really has started to develop his game. He's still very young, so uh, it'll be good to see him if he gets a and bit more time. And, Josh, and he's put a, he's put a bit on his frame now as well. You know what I mean? He's, he, he has. He's still a twig, mate, but he has. Yeah. Um, and then Josh Fluke, 22-year-old centre wing. He's a bit bigger. He's got a bit more meat on his bones. 186 centimetres, nine, uh, 89 kg. So he's still not huge, but he he runs a bit more physical and can handle himself in defence. Especially, he's, he makes good reads and he's he's always in the right place. Definitely an uncanny sense of just you know backing his players up and he's being in the right place. for a breakout season. He he was everywhere was, last year, mate. He, I was he about to say, wasn't it two seasons ago? Wasn't he? Wasn't he halfway through the season last year? Wasn't he the leading try scorer? Or something? Yeah, he, he was. Got all those tries. He's got like six tries in three games. He's having a breakout season. How many? He's going to be a top try scorer then. <laughs> Mate, he uh, he didn't start every game, so this year he'll start every Wait, game. I'm I'm calling Tabatoa <laughs> Nawai for a breakout season this year too. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he, he covered he covered the bench a fair bit last year, so yeah, uh, fair. All right, and take us through yeah. development from yeah. last year and predicted rake nils. So Harry Tashman strengthened scrum with Hodgman and Tumanga Allen, despite the loss of Tupo. I think there's just a little bit more more depth there with some experienced players. Um, and they can share that load a little bit more. A few years more experience with these next-gen stars coming through. Aubrey, Greeley, Fluke, Anand, Nongor, Liner, um, and then, yeah, McLaughlin, Phillip coming through as well. But there's no clear answers in that general at number 10, which makes it tough. Um, so there's a lot of people fighting out there. If they can nail down that 10 jersey, which is going to be a struggle, then, you know, it's going to solve a lot of issues for them this year. Um, Les Kiss, mate, this guy's at 26 years of professional coaching, six countries, nine comps. He took London Irish uh, to promotion into the English Premiership and their best season in 15 years, finishing fifth. He's assisted both the box, uh, Ireland as well. Like, this guy is very experienced. I think he's the right man at the right time for them. Um, but, yeah, they're still a few years off the that top pace. Um, last year, they finished eighth, so they scraped they scraped in? That's finals, right? Eight, uh, top eight, which is a bit ridiculous in 12-team comp. If things click for them, they, they could shift up a position or two. But, you know, if they're still fighting out positions mid-season, I, I think it's going to be tough for them and they're going to have another finals fight on their hands. Nice. What, 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 sorry, what, uh, what rank did you pick them at? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just looking where what I actually wrote down in my order for, for the... The year, I, I was saying they're going to be around that eight mark, I reckon, or slightly lower. All right. Queensland fans will hate you. I had them way higher. <laughs> what did you have, man? All right. Look, there's no time. Move on. We'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the Melbourne Rebels. Who, uh, Harry, you had them below. You had them at fourth for Australia. We moved on to the Rebels, mate. How good. Um, the Rebels. All right. Uh, I mean, the Rebels have had a um, an absolute horror start to the year uh, in terms of all the, the news breaking out, um, the club going into voluntary administration and uh, just the uncertainty that is now kind of this cloud over all of the players in the club uh, going to the 2025 season. So... I think their season is going to be largely determined by the ability to just put that away to one side and focus on this season. And that's probably going to be the line that you're going to hear in every interview uh, for the next, next, I don't know, 20 weeks is like, Oh, we're just worrying about this week, this season. So hopefully they can do that. But um, let's look at the big players out and the big players in uh, for 2024. 
Big players out. Uh, we've got quite a few. So Cameron Orr um, was really coming along well as a prop. Uh, you know, I think he was he hasn't already played for the Wallabies. Was uh, was kind of heading that way. Matt Phillip, Trevor Hosea, a really good young prop who developed uh, in Melbourne and with the Rebels, and he's headed off. Richard Hardwick, uh, Tamati Iwani, uh, Reese Hodge, their kind of uh, most capped player and talisman- talismanic figure, I suppose. How many caps, uh, Mon- Kagi? How many caps for Reese Hodge? I have no idea how many caps Reese Hodge has. That's probably would have been something good to look up. And, have uh, a stab. Yeah. Come on. Have he, a crack. He was the first to get 100. But yeah, he's definitely first to get 100. Uh, what, like 120? Nels? Um, I'll tell you in about two minutes. Um, he has, for the Rebels, just spot on 100. Yes. Good Googling. Very good. Exactly 100. <laughs> well done, guys. Um, but, yeah, no, they lost another few players as well, um, lock centres and whatever. But big players coming in. No player bigger than Taniela Tupo. Uh, huge marquee signing. Just wanted to go down and get some better coffees down in Melbourne, I think, Tupo. Um, but he's going to be huge. Uh, Lucan Salakai Lotto also coming down from Queensland. He will play a big role this year. Uh, Matty Proctor, the fastest and best centre in the world, according to old ex-Hurricanes coach uh, Boyd. Um, you said fastest. You're just adding layers now. Uh, look, he most... was the best in the world, I think, as far as... Hey, you said best looking as well, didn't you, Kagi? <laughs> no, I made everything. Um, so Matty Proctor, who's just come back from a uh, stint overseas. He left the Hurricanes, went over to Europe, has come back. I forgot what club he's gone to, but that's all right. Um, Filippo Dalgunu, uh, another one who has come down from the Reds, um, really struggled last year to get any game time. Um, he's uh, absolutely exciting and I think will be really good in replacing Montiuani and ho- hopefully he just sees some some game time this year. Uh, Darby Lancaster, also another exciting uh, young player who we could see feature this year. Um, and Jake Strawn has come across from, across from the force um, to kind of, I guess, fill that utility role um, as a backup fly half. Can I just add, so um, Don Goon actually got quite a few minutes. So he had he had 778 minutes last year, but the thing about him was he was filling other people's jerseys. He played a lot of outside centre at the back end of the year. He did play a lot of time off the bench, but he, I think he really proved himself, you know, that back end of last year, and, and you know, I'm excited to see what he can do here. I'm surprised no, you didn't mention Jack Maunder as a big in, 26-year-old halfback with 141 caps for the Ch- Exeter Chiefs. Yeah, it's because he's coming from England, English. and um, they've already got uh, <laughs> they've already got some halfbacks. That's why I didn't, uh, you know, how I feel about English rugby players, but that's that's, um, that's fair. Don't get a mention. That does explain me. it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take us on to my likely starting fifteen for the Rebels in twenty twenty four. Up front, we're going to go with Matt Gibbon, Alex Murphy, and Taniela Tupo locking down the front row. That's a pretty formidable front row. Should be good. To the Alex Murphy and Taniela Tupo reuniting um, from Queensland, which should be good. Lucan Salakai Lotto and Josh Canham. The Canham, who had an absolutely Canham. stellar year last year. Why do you keep saying it like that? I don't know. Just It's fun <laughs> to say it that way. The, the old Canham. Um, now, he had an unreal year last year, didn't he? He, um, yeah. he was, I think, you'd have to say probably one of the, certainly the most improved, but most exciting locks from last year. Mm. Um, and so he was really good. And then in the back row, uh, Bobby Leota. Uh, Brad Wilkin and Violini Ekuasi, the uh, what's he called? Yeah. The Tongan hitman. No, Scarface. Scarface. Tongan Scarface. That's right. Um, it's a pretty exciting back row. Brad Wilkin has been um, really great in terms of his leadership that he's offered. Uh, Rob Leota was club captain last year. Unfortunately, yeah. he didn't get to play because uh, he was injured the whole season. 
But um, I'm hoping for a big year from Bobby Leota and Ekuasi. If he can build on the season he had last year, will be really good as well. Uh, in the halves, we've got Ryan Lowrens and Carter Gordon. I think that's pretty straightforward. Uh, in the centres, so they had quite a few positional like, losses in the centres. They lost Reese Hodge, Ray Nu, Stacey Illy. Um, and if, I think that's probably it, but those were probably the first few players you, you would see picked in the centres. Um, so I think it's going to be uh, David Feloi, the Romanian rumbler, who I absolutely loved last year. I think he's going to lock down that 12 jersey. And then Matty Proctor will, has been brought across the slot in that 13. Uh, and then in the back three, I think we'll see Felipe Dangunu on the in the 11 jersey, um, Lockie Anderson in the 14 jersey that he had a really good role in last year, and Andrew Kellaway uh, locking down at 15. I really hope they don't try any of this Kellaway in the centres nonsense. Uh, he's a fullback, so play him back there. Uh, and the bench, Jordan Ulisse, the prince that was promised, uh, and then a pretty formidable bench, I have to say. Um, I thought we were giving him, we've taken that name off him. We have. Yeah, so it's I thought that was or, or you, No, I think you can say the prince that was promised, but you have to really emphasize the was. The prince that was promised. This is no longer promised. No, you are right. It's just been too long since we podcasted. I think we said it's like the Vol- uh, the Voldemort. It's a, the, the, the he of who we do, we do not speak, or we never say the prince that was That's promised. That's right. So let's uh, bring that into effect as of now. But but no, a huge bench, like as in physically huge. We've got Ulysses, Kabus Ilof, and Bonifar Mausili. Um, that is, I mean, that's a bomb squad if you've ever seen one coming on. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He, dude, has Elof played a bit of loose head? Yes. He's played yeah, both. That's, both that is, the thing about that is that is so massive and they <laughs> yeah. still don't have Sam Talakai, who's got all of his caps. Like, they've just got so many tight head props, it's insane. Yeah. No, oh, no, it's, it's it's insane, those two front rows. So. <clears throat> I forget where they were in the scrum percentage last year. What were they? They were the rebels were eighty four percent in at eighth, equal eighth. Um, that's got to that's got to fly up this year. But the, the one thing it is won't because that's, that is mate. bogus. That stays bogus. It won't go. It They'll be last. They'll come last this year. Right. No, they're going to hundred percent. Tupo is not playing eighty minutes each week though. That's the thing that brought him down. Any in the KFC uh, sponsorship. So. But but this is probably finally a place where he cannot play eighty minutes every game. Exactly. Uh, they could bring on Pone and um, you know. How or they can still do what I've always wanted, you know, play Pony at number eight now and then as well. Just, you know what I mean? It's, it's a... <laughs> um, no. All right. Uh, the club. So injuries. Uh, well, this is... Did you get through your club. reserve backs? Did you get through anyone else? Or did you just stop at front row and you're like, that'll do? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I may have. <laughs> do we stop? All right, fine. The rest of the bench. Sorry. Angelo Smith. Actually, someone who, who's in for a really big year, I think. The young lock. He was quite impressive in his couple of cameos last year. So I'm expecting a really big year from him um, and someone who uh, is basically an injury away from, you know, getting a real shot this season. So he'll be really exciting. Josh Kemeny might put on the bench and not starting, but could we could well see him start um, in at eight or six. Um, probably, I would say, at eight, I think. Club captain Bobby Leota will be starting at six when he's fit and ready to go. Uh, and then we'll have Bobby Tuttle uh, over Jack Manda um, in reserve half. And I'm thinking probably Lucas Ripley and maybe Glenn Vihu on the bench. Um, that obviously doesn't give you... Uh, well, the only person to cover 10 there would be Bobby Tuttle if Carter Gordon was to go down. Um, but we could see Jake Strawn, who's been brought across... Um, I'm not sure if we'll see much more of, of, of Mason Gordon, of um, Carter's younger brother who's in the club, uh, but I don't think we'll see. I think he's still developing. Um, 
So that's how I see the bench likely playing out. What are your thoughts, guys, on on that those team lineups? Oh, look, I, I think you're probably, I think you're relatively spot on to be to be fair with those outside backs. But it will be interesting how they see Dungunu. Do they see him as a man that can fill that 13 jersey for them? Um, and does that mean we see Proctor filling 12 at times as well? Um, hopefully, we're never seeing Kellaway in the centres, as you said. Um, but they have a lot of young guys like Darby Lancaster. That guy is absolutely lightning. But the fact that they're letting him take some time off throughout the year to go to sevens probably speaks of his maybe he either try to keep him happen, happy, but he's probably not their starter week in, week out. But we'll get chances and glimpses of him, and he's got the potential to lock down a jersey, I reckon. And I'd also just uh, I'd also just say Joe Pinkus as well played a lot of minutes last year. While he's probably not the most exciting outside back, I thought he developed pretty well through the season. So his ability to play wing and fullback and kind of be a, a versatile player for them, I'd, I'd be surprised if he didn't play some solid minutes. I, yeah. I also love that um, Kagi's got Lawrence and Tuttle over a, a, a capped English player. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> you know that's how I feel about it. Okay. It's uh um but, but what do you do you think we'll see Jake Strawn on the bench? Uh or do you think they'll literally just run Carter and hope that Bobby Tuttle can cover? Like do you think it's just all in on Carter Gordon? Yeah, I mean Strawn's versatility is is very handy with the with the Dan, but I think Tuttle can play it pretty well. And I reckon they'll be aiming again for Gordon just to play huge minutes. So mm. I think uh, I reckon you'll see Strawn for a few games so they can unload Gordon Carter Gordon's minutes, but yeah. I think in general, I think I'll just leave him as the eighty-minute player and Tuttle as backup. Yep, yeah. And what about and and Ripley as well? We just, uh, I mean, he obviously has been developing Lucas Ripley um, and is you know a bit of a phenom, but he can kind of play thirteen or or on the wing. Uh, I suspect we'll see him. I've got him on the bench most times. Um, another player they talk a lot about having a bigger year this year is Glenn Vi, who developing further. Not quite as sure. Like I, I think I have bigger wraps on on Ripley than than Vihu for mine. Um, but they're, uh, they're both exciting young players. But again, like they're going to need to build a bit of experience. So whether they're sort of just giving them opportunities throughout the year, we might get to see a bit of both of them. All right. Well, I guess my question is this: So if we have <clears throat> Dan Gunu and um, Lockie Anderson locking down the wing jerseys, one of them gets injured. Who's, I don't who's think Dan Gunu's got a, a lock on the jersey, and I don't think he's been good enough in the last three years. I think that there's healthy okay. competition. I think Anderson's got a jersey, but yeah, I, I Anderson's got that jersey. One. Okay. So if it's not if it's not Dan Gunu, who's next in line? Do you think for a wing jersey? Vaihu, then Ripley for a wing jersey. Okay. Yeah. You else, got you Darby Lancaster that? under both of them, Harry. Yeah, I <laughs> yep. do. Well, cool. um, all right. Well, we've I've kind of already covered a lot of the the new hot shit and things like that. But let's fly through it. Injuries. You guys have fired a good shot here. Just under under injuries have put the club's financials. So yeah, well played there. Uh, no, I haven't really got. Um, couldn't find an injury update. I don't think we've been able to find one because yet. Because there's but, so uh, many bloody articles about the club financials. You type in Melbourne rugby injuries, and all that comes up is about their fucking financial position. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, new hot shit. My one for the year was Angelo Smith. I just think, given that he's going to be off, coming off the bench all year, and then you know maybe rotated into starting throughout the season, I think we can expect a really big year from him. He would be the only person in Melbourne that was stoked that Trevor Hosea um, and Matt Phillip have, have headed overseas. Um, so, I think he'll be really, really good. Breakout seasons for me, the Romanian Rumbler, David Fellaway. I've really enjoyed uh, watching him play in the times that he's gotten. I think he'll he's in for a big year, and I'm saying Felipe Dunguno. I I think he will lock down that eleven jersey. I think he's kind of in the mold of what they 
have have wanted there with Nkorobiti, Montiwani, that kind of stuff. So we'll see from him. Development and rank. Uh, yeah, we've talked about it. This year is just going to be about whether they can get you know avoid the distractions of the club's financials. Um, you know they've got some really solid a really solid <clears throat> forward pack now. It's can the backs deliver the goods? Basically, if they're getting the ball, um, we will see. And how will Carter Gordon develop? So I've still Dang ranked it. the Rebels at the uh, the bottom of the the Aussie Conference. So you, you're saying they you're saying they will not make the finals for the first time ever. They they're done. The Rebels. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you think they'll come? You know, if they're bottom of the Aussie Conference, does that make them twelfth, eleventh, tenth? I'm going to scroll down to yeah. my predictions. Um, sorry, no, no, not I don't have them bottom. I'm second bottom. Sorry, I have them above the force. So um, what are you going to come all up? This is just, a, this is a combined table, mate. Come on. Do you you hate? The true Australian fans of the Western Force and the the Melbourne Rebels, mate. Like you just beat them, kick them while they're down, mate. Jesus. Um, well, look, last year, what the Force were tenth, the Rebels were eleventh. Um, I I suspect, yeah, I'm going to call the Rebels at tenth, the uh, the Force at eleventh. There you go. Who's twelfth? Moana Pacifica. Okay, fair. <laughs> and that's me. All right, what team have we got next? Who is up next? The Brums. Uh, going back down. The Brums. Has is that you, mate? It is. So big players out. Pete Samu and Nick White. I think two massive exclusions for them. Um, big players in. I've got Stephen Larkham as the coach is obviously a massive player coming back in for them. Not a player, but a massive uh, coming back in for them. Uh, and Harry Goddard, Harrison Goddard has come across from the Tars. I think it's he's an important in just to add to the depth of that nine jersey, um, which I'll get to a little later on. Um, other than that, they haven't brought a lot of players in. Said they've just looked to ex- to uh, beef up their extended player squad. Um, so I think, you know, they're just trying to go through that internal development to keep their cohesion up. Starting 15 for me, I, it won't change a lot, to be honest. I think it'll be Slipper Lonigan, Alan Ala Alatoa. In the locks, I think it'll be Frost and Neville. Back row, I've got Tom Hooper to be an absolute standout player this year. Um, seven's probably their jersey, their jersey that's hard to pick. I've, I've gone with Jerome Brown just for consistency's sake, but I'm not super confident. And then Bobby Valentini in the eight jersey. Um, nine and ten, Ryan Lonigan, Noel Alessio as their top choice. And then centres, the 12 jerseys, their other question mark. I've gone for Tamati Tua with Lenny Ikatau at 13. And then outside backs, I've got Tall, Muirhead, and Tom Wright at fullback. On the bench, I think it will be Shop, Pollard, and Kautai. Uh, I think they were all very good last year off the bench and will all be pushing for some starting time, but uh, probably mainly a bench. Then I've got Darcy Swain, who says he was carrying an injury all last year, so maybe why he was limited minutes. But he's obviously competing more with Neville now, I think, for that five jersey. And I've got Reimer as my reserve um, back rower just because he seems to make such a big impact as a specialty bench player. And then my reserve backs, I've got Goddard as the reserve nine, Debrasini as a reserve 10, and then Oli Satsford as the kind of versatile player to cover the rest of the back line. Deb can obviously cover uh, fullback as well. Um, thoughts, guys? The only one person that's not there, and I mean, we didn't get really see much of him last year, is Ben O'Donnell. Um, he's a very good player. He got injured after having a small glimpse of him last year. So... I'd be interested to see him this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him covering a bench spot. Yeah, I'm yep. the same. I mean, you know how I feel. I'd start him above Muirhead, but that's uh, that's that's it's my feeling on the matter. Muirhead just, mate, I don't know what it is, 
Poor guy gets beat down by us, but he plays so well. Like he, he plays he does. out of his skin and Not works so um, hard. No, my, my only other question here is, um, like, I, I think I agree with you that I'd start Jerome Brown, but what about the development of, uh, you know, Rory Scott and, and Lukey Reimer? Like, I, yeah. I, I could well see them pushing more for a starting role. Completely agree. Completely agree. And, I, and I've actually said um, in my breakout for the seasons to to just jump ahead for a second, mm-hmm. I just said breakout season for whoever gets the seven jersey. I said mm-hmm. in terms of unexpected, uh, un, un Fulfilled potential. I've got uh, Rory Scott first, Luke Reimer second, and Jerome Brown third. But it may well be the opposite in terms of the order they use them at the moment. Yeah, I think um, it's a so roll the dice agree. type job. Sorry, the roll the dice type type job for those those players. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's my, me being patriotic, but I, I don't want to see Jerome Brown start it. I think there's there's enough in those other two that they're very exciting, and I want to see them play. You just want to see Rory Scott, the mini Pocock. That's what you want to yeah, see. Man, he's not even mini. He's, he's the young Pocock. And he's got big arms and headgear and Nelson just falls in love with him. That's true. Mate, Reimer off the bench last year as if he was not absolutely phenomenal every time he came on. He, he was, was he was so good. He was, he was. Um, guys, I haven't got any injuries down again. The Brums haven't really released a whole lot. Um, the new hot shit, I've said zero because they've just... They've, like I said, they've they've extended, they've built, beefed up their extended development squad, but there's there's not really a lot of new guys coming in who I think are super rugby ready. There are a couple of young guys that are, you know, 19, 20 years old, but they're not going to play. Can we just say Corey Tool again? I know he was new hot shit last year, but let's just say it again. I'm excited for Corey Tool again. Oh, uh, look, actually, my, my new hot shit for this year is going to be Rob Valentini. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, breakout seasons guys i've got ryan lonigan obviously the loss of nick white is huge um he's the heir apparent played for you know captain dozzy a's i think last year interestingly he's only started 15 matches and he's never started more than two in a row so i think that's why i had harry goddard as quite an important signing for them so you know the rigors of playing week in week out that'll be the really interesting thing to see how he goes there um, and then I've obviously also mentioned whoever gets that seven jersey. Um, in terms of sorry, is Billy Pollard is Billy Pollard someone we can chuck in there? I know, I know they've got Lonigan and they've got uh competition there, but he's uh, he's just a guy I want to see a lot of. Like, I'm pretty sure he was injured through a lot of last year as well, and that's why we didn't get to see him. Um, well, I, I think we did see a fair bit of him. He, he, look, I, I hope so. I think we were calling him for a breakout year two, two years ago, a new hot shit two years ago. So again, he, he very well could be the Australian hooker at the end of the year. Like he's got that kind of potential, <laughs> but I just think that, um, the Brumbies status quo will be that they'll go Lonigan will play the bulk of the minutes. Billy Pollard right. will start maybe three games and come off the bench for most of them. And then they've still got um, McInerney that will get some solid time and play pretty well as well. So I just think the way they have to rotate all three of those guys, it's going to be a slow burn to see him really come through. But, yeah, you're, you're right. He, he does have that kind of potential for sure. Um, okay. Predicting forward, guys, I think the most – Fascinating thing is going to be Stephen Larkham's game plan. I don't know. I, I haven't looked into a lot of how he played with Munster, but I, I believe he tried to throw the ball around a little bit more. He kind of went away f- away from that Jake White ball. Obviously, the Brumbies have been trying to get away from Jake White style play for a while now as well over the last few years. Um, 
I think they'll have a workhorse pack regardless. But really, to me, it's that 9, 10, 12 axis, which is going to be really challenging for them. You know, I've talked about uh, Ryan Lonigan not having huge game time in the past. I've talked about, uh, I haven't talked yet about the fact that Noel Alessio and Jack Debrosini, they were battling it out for the 10 jersey last year. And, you know, as I've already mentioned, for a couple of the other teams, I think that's really not a positive thing for a team. They need a commander at 10 that can own the game. Um, so I think Noah Alessia had a great time apparently over at Toulouse or Toulon. Toulon? I'm going to say Toulon. Um, they apparently wanted him to stay for longer, um, but he, he couldn't, obviously. Uh, so hopefully he comes back confident and firing. And Jack Deb the same. Whoever gets the jersey, I think they've both got a lot of potential. And then finally, Tamati Tour and Oli Sapsford, just neither of them own the jersey yet either. So the, the ability for that 9, 10, 12 to gel will absolutely come down to where they finish in the table. I've got them finishing fourth at the moment. Yep. I think that's, I, I think we're just in agreement with you there. The, the, the Brumbies, it's pretty straightforward. They could be higher. I, I think this, you know, I think they could be higher. But, yeah, look, I, they're third or fourth for me. But, yeah, look, we'll jump into the force. Unlike Kagi, I actually like the force. Um, big players out. They've lost Tom Robertson, Falao Fainga, uh, I mean, Jeremy Thrush for a bit of last year. We've lost; they've lost him again. Um, Isaran and Isi Nasarani at, at parts they had last year. Bryce Hegarty, Zach Kiberidji, Manasa Mataeli, Tony Pulu, and Jake Strawn. So there's a lot of names that have left, you know, that, that side for them, especially in the outside backs. But I mean, Robertson and Fainga is huge in the um, in the front row as well. Uh, big players in. They got Artu Molly. Uh, he's an experienced man. Very exciting to see him come across for them in their their front row. Nick White, despite his injury, he, he should be back early and, and doing well. Uh, ben Donaldson, Harry Potter. Um, they've also got Will Harris, who we've had big raps on, but has never really reached the heights we thought he could at the Tars. He's uh, been pretty Harris. good. Mate, the guy's young. I thought he was exceptional when he played last year. We were saying how good he played. And he yeah, just we destroyed thought, we it in the trial starting well. two years ago. Two, two years ago, and he's, Mate, you know, for, for some for some reason Harry didn't have Gleason starting in the Tars lineup this year. But mate, if Will Harris was there, he'd be starting. Yeah, I, 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 would I, have I believe he's a good chance. He would be probably. Hmm. You think he'd start over Gleason, Max? We love yeah. him, but he is not. He was great last year, mate. He's only twenty three. He was very very good. Yeah, he. he I think we 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 used to rate him above Harry Wilson. Uh, but he hasn't developed as quickly as Harry Wilson. But he's he's a very, very promising player. Um, and then they also got Tom Franklin. That's a that's a really big in for them for for experience. But the, maybe Nia Ravora. He's trying on their um, train and trial uh, side. But he is massive and he doesn't look that fit. So but they need can confirm. I will pick a force player in my fantasy team if Dungele Nia Ravora is available. Did you, did you see him try and turn for a ball when a ball got kicked through yesterday? Harry, oh, my I God. Touch on, I will touch on why there's a chance they pick him in a little bit. But um, the starting side, I've got Wagner, Kaitu'u. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Wagner, Kaitu'u and Medrano in their front row for me. Jeremy Williams and Rodder, he's injured uh, early. I'm not sure how long he's injured for. Um, but he is injured, but he's the, the man for the role. Wells, Tizano, Harris in their, their back row for me. Uh, White, and then an absolute shit fight of a fight out for the 10 jersey. 
So Dono's probably come across thinking he wants that jersey. Uh, they don't have much uh, depth in the outside back, so there's a good chance we see him playing 15 if he's not playing 10. So leaving us mainly Yuri and Pasatoa, other than him fighting it out for that, that 10 jersey. So you're just saying the Wallabies 10 will be shifted at the Western Force out of the 10 jersey? Is that what you're predicting? Like he was shifted out of the 10 jersey at the Waratahs at parts in the last couple of years. And yesterday, just to clarify, Donaldson played 10 and they moved Bury to 15, right? And you're saying they'll do the opposite for the season? I had, I had that. I had that <laughs> as my starting side. And then the thing is, if they want to have the best side on the field, uh, the outside backs, Tia Tia and Potter, are the two blokes that are there. That's it. So they've got to fill that role. And Donaldson, I think, is going to be the better role at 15. Also, when you've got people like Pasitoa beating down on that 10 jersey, unless they're starting Donaldson at um, you are 10 dreaming, and shifting you are him absolutely to dreaming. These people tune in and spend their time to learn what's going to happen. And you're saying they're going to move the Wallabies 10 away from the 10 jersey so that they can put a bloke that had a breakout season coming through from club rugby. <laughs> To stay it was with. also the Wallabies 15. Mate, Pasatoa will look at playing 12. Pasatoa yeah. will look at end up playing 12, and he will be competing with Stewart for that jersey. Bury will be the utility 10-15, and Donaldson will play 10 every single week for them. Or, <laughs> this or, team or is bogus. Or you can say in the, the, that this is he is the first man in for the, the 10 role, but he is the most versatile out of them in terms of the bike that could play 15. Mate, Bailey would be Kunzel my... could probably play 15. Who? Bailey Kunzel. Nah, he, he's, he's a centre role slash 10 for me. He probably could. Mate, the, the whole team is very fluid. I don't know if you can hear my baby screaming in the back, but she is angry with Harry. Yeah, so. because you decided to move Donaldson. <laughs> I just think it's happening. The, the bloke's been moved around. And there's more the chance that George Pullman years. plays fullback than Donaldson. You'll hear it here first. All right, can we make a bet on that? More, <laughs> more yeah, more make this bet live play. on the pod. Harry, hundred bucks. No, no, I'm not willing to back for him. I feel like that might have been. How good! All right, right, uh, take us through your bench. uh, No, no, I'll finish the centers. Uh, So Stewart and Spink are going to start, but I'm agree in agreement that Pasito is a very good chance to take that twelve jersey. Um, And then on the bench, I've got Horton, then either Hooper or Pierce, and then Molly in the the front row. Kalapu and Anstey and Callan. I reckon there's a good chance we see a lot of a 6-2 split for them. They don't have that many uh, people filling roles out wide, so they're going to hope that they don't get injured and they're going to carry lots of forwards. Um, Isaac Fines, Lilia Wassa, and then whoever is the bench option for, for the 10-12. The could be Pasatoa, could be Kunzul, uh, could even be Bury. Um, then alternatively... You know, maybe we don't see the 6-2 split and we see only one of Kalapu, Anstey, um, or one of Anstey, Callan, and we see someone fill an outside back role. These guys have no outside backs in the squad. It is quite concerning. Um, but, yeah, that, that's how I see it. I see them going to rely heavily on a 6-2 split because they don't have enough out wide. Look, I agree. That excites me because um, that means Tungeli Nayavora is going to get fit in there and, and um, start on the wing, so that's going to be good. Um, but otherwise, apart from Kunzul at 15, I think, I mean, Pasatoa I do see as a 10-12, but um, kind of in, be 12. A bit of in a bit of a Jordan Bataille type mould, you know, we, I think we could see him at 15. I think he could be a great fullback. I don't know how much he's played there, but um, Mate, I think Bataille, uh, uh, sorry, not Bataille, um, uh, 
bloody Pasatoa will, will play anywhere that gets him on the field. Uh, I think the, the issue with that theory is you go, good guys, let's get them on the field. Rather than good guys, what position can they actually play? Because, I mean, again, you'd put Tupo at number eight. So I, I think realistically it sounds nice. I put Pasatoa is a 10-12. Well. Pasatoa, the size of him, he, he's a guy I've got down for a breakout season. So he's been hampered by injuries, especially last year. 22-year-old, 185 centimetres, 98 kgs. Not a bad-sized uh, fly-up or inside centre uh, as a second receiver, but he's in a, in a real fight for that 10 jersey, and he could fill a very different role in 12 for them. So I think there's a there's a good chance that we see him fighting for that 12 jersey. I, I wrote a little stab in the dark that he will play 12 before the end of the year, but apparently it's not that little stab if Harry's agreeing with it. Kagi, mate, the stab in the dark, he's playing 15. You're an idiot. Move on. Um, the Can I just ask, name, why, why have you gone Kaitu'u over Horton when Horton was picked above him all of last year? Because Kaitu'u, apart last year, I mean, Fainga was the starting hooker Correct. for most of last year. Horton's yeah. only really ever been used significantly off the bench. No, when Falafanga was injured, Horton started, and then for the rest of the time, Horton was always picked above K2. You barely started K2 last year. I know, I know. But my my thought is we've got Crony there, we've got a experienced guy who's by all reports found the love of rugby again in the last year in Kaitu'u so I think he's going to be able to earn that jersey back. Let's not forget a couple of years ago he was the starting hooker and their captain so I, I, I think it's not a huge shout to think that he could earn himself back in that starting jersey. He's had far more starts than Horden in in the, the hooker position as well. I think Horden feels that role off the bench better than I think Kaitu'u does. I think Kaitu'u starts better than Horden so that's the way I see it. Bigger body uh, bigger, better in the set piece. Um, whereas, yeah, I, I think Horton's a bit more, you know, dynamic coming off the bench. Yeah. The the other breakout season player is Harry Potter for me. He's twenty six years old. Breakout in Australia because he's played very well overseas. But if uh, for the Aussie fans, <laughs> one hundred eighty five centimeters, ninety five kg. Let me just touch on what I've actually written about him because he played the Leicester Tigers, moved across in twenty twenty one season, and almost. Earn himself an English debut. So uh, for people sitting around Australia that didn't pay attention, they maybe wouldn't have realised that, but he's returned with high hopes of a, of a Wallabies jersey, and I think he's got a real crack at it. So from, you know, people in Australia, he's clearly going to have a breakout season, um, but, and he's one I mean, to watch. Can we say how much of it of him almost getting an English jersey was because uh, the English would love to see a Harry Potter in their team list and think that would be funny? Because you know, they, do you know the thing, like being almost uh, um, almost an English player, uh, English player in their their international side. Kagi might put him as the third choice in this side, knowing how he treats other English players. So, I mean, Kagi, is that right? Correct. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> he didn't even get a cap. Like Maunder. Um, but, yeah, hot shit. I've got Henry O'Donnell. This is a 20-year-old centre. I think the Tars are stacked with their, their centre, so he's found himself across in the West, 186 centimetres, 97 kgs. Um, he was dominant at, at times through the under-20s for, for the Tars. Really, really exciting player. And he was unstoppable at times with ball in hand. Um if he gets given the starting jersey, you know, he's, an, he's another guy in the centres that, you know, he may not give it up, but... I think it's probably a tough ask unless there's an injury for him, um, but he'll get chances throughout the year. Lepetti Fifua, uh, 22-year-old lock slash six. He's 198 centimetres, 115 kilograms. He's another guy that, you know, with Rotter out, may may get a bit of a chance early in the year. 
um, depending when Rodder comes back and, and he's got lots of potential. Um, and then just the young pairing of Amoni and Pierce, two two players that kind of burst into the scene for, for them, quite young props um, and that next generation coming through for the Western Force. But Amoni really has, I think, some starts, a real physical runner of the ball and, and can be quite dynamic as well, exciting ball in hand. And, and Marley Pierce, you know, he, he seems very mature. Uh, and, and got a crack last year and, and looked quite promising. So uh, I think the the analogy, you know, or the the saying, if you're 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 good enough, you're you're old enough. Um, so these two boys have a, a chance to prove that this year. How good! All right. Um, uh, sorry, where do I reckon they'll finish? Um, I reckon they'll finish tenth. Um, I, I think the outside backs is the, is the real concern for them. Um, losing Matele, Pulu, Strawn, Kibariji. Um, is not, you know, they haven't replaced that well enough with just Potter. So um, we're going to see one of the fly halves at, at fullback most likely. And then, you know, Naira Rivora, who's not fit um, by the looks of it, or Leahy, um, the young uh, the young winger, who he could be elevated to the, the, the actual full-time squad, you know, at some point soon, I think, um, because they really need someone filling that those, those roles. But, yeah, I mean, if they find a solution to those outside backs, which I, I can't see a glaringly obvious one, um, and remain injury-free, they, they could push up a couple of spots. But I, I think more than likely we're going to see them falling out of the range of the, the finals. So you said 10th? Yeah. Above who? Uh, I've got them above Highlanders, who are going to suck, and Moana. Right, okay. Very good. Uh, I mean, my, my, my solution to that is Naira Boro is going to solve those problems, mate. He's just purely by being in Western Australia, he's going to get back into shape because, you know, you just sweat and lose weight just by virtue of the heat over there. So a uh, couple of weeks, he'll be good to go. Leading try scorer. It'll be him, Tavatava Nawai, who can who can top that. Um, heard it here first. Uh, all right, let's get on to the last team uh, and the most exciting team in the Aussie conference, the Fijian Ndrua. Um, big players out. Quite a few players out rotating uh, this year. We've oh, wait. Put Kagi. Mm. How did you get stitched up with this, mate? You can't say any Fijian player's name and you've got the Fijian drawer. You, gave it you to stitched yourself up with this. I, I, You know what? I thought about that about five minutes ago when I realised I was going to do the drawer next. Harry but, uh, and I will say good or shit if you butcher a name. But like, not for every name. I'll go thumbs up, thumbs down. No one wants to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, big the big look. There's lots of players out. I'm not going to read out all their names for um, two reasons. One is I don't <laughs> want to destroy all their names, and the second is we don't have time for that. But Kaliopasi um, Ulio Kepa, um, he was a, a promising young prop, um, and so he's gone. Joseva uh, Tomani, who was uh, had a really big year last year, um, filling in a kind of the sixth role and off the bench. He oh, was that's gutted that he left. He left. Uh, I know yeah, he was amazing. Not good. Um, the offload king, Tomani. Um, Teddy Teller, big loss there uh, in the fly half ranks. Um, Calavetti Revovo uh, was huge in the centres there, so um, he he's a really big loss. The the sledgehammer Aroni Sow, who I thought was going to come in and have an absolutely massive year, have to say did disappoint me a little, um, but uh, still was a fun player to watch. Um, and then of course the boss man, he was gone before the season even started, but I thought I'd include him, Vinaya Hambosi. Um, Funny who, that you just. You pretty much read out all the simple names. Then, I mean, you've thrown Aroni Sow in there. Is that just because he's another simple one for you to say? Or 
no, because I love saying the sledgehammer. You know, guys know I froth on the sledgehammer, but um, I made the great fantasy decision last year of dropping Narawa to pick up Aroni Sau, uh, the sledgehammer, because I was that psyched for it. And um, you, can, you can guess how that went. Uh, that was basically the reason for my terrible season. Um, but I mean, otherwise, a player we were we were always really excited about. We didn't get to see enough of was uh, Kichioni Talinga. Um, he was a player I wanted to see more of. He's yeah. also as well. So He just hasn't um, had the op. I think he just hasn't had the ACL op. Like it's finances or something. Tell, oh, yeah, that's right. I haven't thought about that. Tell, it, it's well, him, right? I, no, I don't know. He did feature some games. Oh, no, I might, I might be mixing him up with someone else. Sorry. Yeah. Who the knows? other outside backs. Um, big players in, and this is where I'm going to struggle with some names for sure, but um, the the biggest one for me is Epele Momo, a uh, 23-year-old winger. Um, he's, uh, you know, come through the Fijian pathways um, and has just come back from Montauban. Uh, I've definitely butchered that, but that's one of the French Pro D2 teams. Um, and otherwise, another Epele. We've got Epele Waka Cese. Uh, yeah, that was not good, but... Um, Please mind me with that. A 19-year-old centre. He's come from the Manawatu Turbos. And Isaiah Armstrong-Ravula, a 20-year-old um, flyer half centre, also from the Turbos, who's a very exciting young prospect. So those are some of the new players in. Um, starting 15, let's smash through it. Harriet Hetet, uh, Tavita Ikenaveri, and Misaki Doge. Um, Doge? He's South American? Yeah. How do you say his, his name again? Masaki Dong. Dong, that's right. Sorry, okay, got that wrong. Um, in the locks, we're going to have Isaiah Nasila Silla and Quigan uh, Deveta. Um, what was that? The Te Awaru Quigan Deveta. Um, in the back row, I think the most likely starting is we'll have Oliver Mira Mira, Kitiani Salawa, and Malinga Derenalangi, uh, who's the captain. Uh, in the halves, Frank Lamani and Caleb Muntz uh, most likely will make the jersey his his own, um, but we might see him swapping out with that. Got three other fly halves, so we'll see. Uh, Apisolomi Vota, I think, will be in at 12. He's played a lot of 13, but that's to make way for Yosefo Masi, who had an absolutely enormous year last year. Um, he featured a bit in the 13 jersey and the wing jersey, but uh, we think his, his best jersey is there at 13. Uh, and then in the back three, I think we'll see Apelli Momo, um, Celestino Ravatamada, and Ilias Sesi Droa Sesi um, in your fullback. And then on the bench, uh, Mesolami Dolokoto, Emosi Takiri, Meli Tuni in the front row. Uh, a player I'm excited about, Itoni Waka, um, the very young, very exciting, very athletic uh, lock prospect. Um, Elia Kanakavata, Simeone Guravoli, and I think Camus Valentini in the, the backup halves and um, Samusama Vodre, the utility back who kind of could play centres or the wings uh, is who I've got on the bench, but um, they, they've got plenty of utility backs um, that could fit. So that's what I think will be the most likely Drua starting 15. Uh, most of those names are obviously returning from last year. So building on the Drua's success and kind of momentum that they've been building with each year in the Super Rugby Pacific competition, which has been awesome. Uh, new hot shit, the player I'm excited about. You know, every year we everyone goes looking for who's going to be that new Fijian Drua winger. Um, and I think it's going to be a Peli Momo. I think he's he's going to absolutely light it up. Uh, just a highly touted, very explosive and exciting young winger. He's just come back from, so gone through the full, I think I said it before, but the full pathways, played for the Fiji Warriors mm. under 20s, and he's just come back from three years over in the Pro D2 in France. 
um, where he's looked really, really good. So I think he's going to hold lock down a, a wing jersey and, and be the it man of this year, hopefully uh, the Vinaya Hambossi of this year. Um, and uh, otherwise, uh, the other player I'm excited about, new hot shit, um, Etonio Waka, who um, he did feature towards the end of last year. I think he got on for a couple of games. Um, but he's an incredibly athletic um, lock uh, and he, uh, you know, is kind of a lock back row utility uh, forward. But um, I think he will start finding himself playing a bigger role with a couple of the locks moving on um, last year. I've got the same players for breakout seasons. That's that's who I'm expecting big things from. And otherwise, um, for me, development and uh, of the team and predicted rank, I think the biggest thing going for the Drewer this year is um, that they, whilst they have had some big, big players move on, the majority of their squad um, is still there. The, the, the team list will look fairly similar to last year. And for me, the biggest thing is they got seven home games in Fiji this year, which is huge. Uh, they beat the Crusaders, almost beat the Chiefs. I think they were in like a you know 80-point game or something with the Chiefs over in Fiji. They just do play with an extra few players on the field when they're at home. And so seven home games. So I'm expecting them to win, I'm going to say like, at least five or six of those seven games. Um, and so that's going to go a long way to just adding to that momentum, built, instilling confidence um, that they can then go overseas and, and maybe win some more games. So uh, the Drua, I've actually got, uh, this is uh, for our usually optimistic Waratahs uh, colored glasses on. I've actually got the Drua coming second in the Aussie conference. Um, and so in terms of where will they finish on the overall table, that's a hard one. So last year they finished Evans. what? in seventh um i'm probably just going to push them up to six i'm just going to swap them with the waratahs from last year uh i still yeah. think a couple of those kiwi teams above them will get there but you never know so um i'm incredibly excited about the drawer this year but yeah, yeah, yeah i'm at six as well second in the aussie conference and i'm looking i had hurricanes above them but even then like you know i feel like it's just such a massive mental hurdle to put them above another kiwi team other than the islanders but <laughs> And they're, they're, they're going to be good, I reckon. I've got high hopes. Yeah. Nels, anything to add? No, no, I think it's fair. The only thing we're disagreeing on is I think the Waratahs did better. So, And uh, it can have a for uh, president as well. I, I just yeah. wanted to put that out there. <laughs> yes. He's God's gift to hookers and doesn't get enough attention. He does. He's gonna he's gonna go high in the draft picks. That's for sure. He's uh, he's definitely one to watch. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. Excellent. That's taken us through all of the Aussie teams. Um. Super Rugby Pacific twenty twenty four previews. Um. I guess we will uh maybe finish up with a final bit of of dessert. What's a god? do with that? Desserto. Well, I suppose we've gone through each team. Should we actually go through and pick your your order of the Aussie Conference table? Harry, if you do you want to go first on how you see the Aussie Conference playing out? I'm going to go Brums first, Brewer second, Rebels third, unless Gordon gets injured. Tars fourth, Reds fifth, Force in last. Huge. Nels? I'm pretty different to you guys. Uh Brumby's first. It's going out on a limb there. Uh, I think Tars are going to uh, continue to do things that they've been doing and maybe slightly improve. So I think they're going to sit there still in second with Drua and Drua in third, then Reds, Rebels, Force. 
Very good. And I brought it home. I agree with Harry. Brumbies, Drua, and then the Tars. Um, and I'm going to go Reds, uh, Rebels, Force. And it occurs to me, I think I said earlier in the pod that I was going to put the Force above the Rebels or something like that. Harry, Harry put the that. Rebels above the Tars. Yeah. So yeah, that's... Is- Look, that's and the Reds. That's a bit of a stretch, I think. Yes, uh, it is a stretch for good. sure. I reckon the Rebels. I reckon the Rebels are, you, are you, good this year. Is it too bad? Are, are you planning? Are you planning on um on buying a controlling stake in the Rebels or something, Harry? Is that what's going on here? You're about to just pro- pro- think so. I'll, I'll tell you what that that could derail them. That might that'd be it. If something does, that could just absolutely cause a massive ruckus. But um, mm-hmm. we did the preview uh, to see how accurate we were on the twenty three table. We'll finish out the Kiwi element of the 24 table before we preview the teams in detail next week. Nelson, where do you think the teams are going to finish in the Kiwi conference next season? Well, I think uh, Chiefs are going to continue to to lead the Kiwi conference for a second year in a row, followed by the Blues, the Crusaders, the Hurricanes, the Sliding Highlanders. I think they are probably there anyway last year, but they're going to be further down the table. And then the Moana Pacifica. Uh, anyone have anything different? I've got the exact same. Targi's different. I do. I think it's going to be the Chiefs, then the Crusaders. <laughs> Didn't you think the... Moana are going to come first? Targi, you were already saying that before. I do not know, unfortunately. Um, but no, I think the Chiefs and the Crusaders, then the Blues. That's what I'm going. That's the only way I am differ from you guys. And then bringing it home with the Hurricanes, Highlanders, and Moana. Um I just thought we'd uh, do this after the talking about the Kiwi teams because I thought I'd, that might give me time to change my mind as we discuss all the teams. Um, but it's uh, basically just pair of franchise versus Taha Kamara, isn't it? For second and that's, third. In the look, that's what it boils down to. But mate, stop giving spoilers to to next week's pod, mate. It's a um, that's right. Yeah, we'll, so we'll leave it there then. Let's let's park it there. This has been episode one. It, this now has been episode one of the Draft Rugby Show, season seven, twenty twenty four, Super Rugby Pacific coming at you and we will catch you again next week for the New Zealand Super Rugby Conference preview. Catch you then.